I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. <laughs> What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Course Setup Podcast. Once again, I'm Josh Evanoff. As always, welcome by the one and only main of the hour, too sweet to be sour, future Jiu-Jitsu world champion, Angel Ortega. Folks, we've got a lot on the docket this week. Obviously, it is UFC 290 Fight Week, International Fight Week, going down this week from Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, however, we do have a lot to get into outside of that. As always, we're brought to you by two fantastic sponsors of the show, Rogue Energy and Elixir. Rogue Energy, keep me fueled up, keep me going through my day. It was July 4th, and I had a lot to do. And you know what kept me going? Rogue Energy. But whenever I decide to wind down at the end of the night, I decide to use Elixir with their excellent De- Delta 8, 9, and 10 products. Uh, they got it all over there. And you can get it for Code Sound Off. Code Sound Off are both sponsors once again. Rogue Energy and Elixir. Code Sound Off, 10% off of each. Last Saturday night from the UC Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada. Baby, we're back at the Apex, you know. It's uh, <laughs> just back once again for a fight card. Uh, much more of a low-key one. Um, Sean Strickland taking on Abu Smagomedov in the main event. You know, uh, we kind of said going into this fight that we thought maybe, you know, Abu could maybe show us something. In that first round, he looked to be, you know, um, Putting putting some things together, landing some big shots, but the reality is, is I mean, this is, sometimes it's not good to put a guy with about 15 seconds of UFC experience against Sean Strickland, who's a top five guy. It did not work out too well uh, in the end. Sean Strickland gets his first finish in a while by second round knockout, just walking down. It made it look honestly. Um, this looks like a top five guy facing an unranked guy. He called for a title shot after the win. Do you think Sean Strickland will actually get a title shot now riding a two-fight winning? Uh, I mean, it depends. It depends what happens this weekend. You know, I think that's another thing uh, that that needs to be concluded before uh, any action is taken afterwards. Because if Drikas ends up coming out and beating Robert, I guess, you, I mean, you got to – it's kind of hard to not choose uh, Drikas over Sean. But, I mean, Sean's uh, put himself in the conversation once again, you know. He was, he was right there. Uh, before the Alex fight, if he would have won the Alex fight, it would have been him in that position. Uh, but ended up not going his direction in that fight. So it's nice to see he kind of came back from that Jerry Cannonier win early, earlier this year. Like, I mean, I guess, I guess it was at the end of last year and then right back at the start of the year uh, with a short notice fight against Nazarene. And then uh, obviously it's shutting down what they hoped a, a potential interesting guy in Abus. Uh, I, I wonder why the UFC decided to do this though. Like, they they just was it just like uh, they didn't they couldn't give Sean anybody else because everybody was booked, and he's like, I just want to fight. He's gonna be fucking anybody, or they genuinely wanted to give Abu a ranked opponent regardless if it was Sean or not. So from what I have heard, uh, Sean said that he badly wanted to fight. He wanted to get paid, um, and that they said that they offered him to a couple other guys. They turned it down. So it was basically fight an unranked guy like Abus or wait a couple of months, and he didn't want to wait any longer. Um, well, he also offered a fight at 205. It did not end up happening. Um, so that's pretty much why this fight came together. You know, on the title shock thing, I'm, I'm pretty much on your side. I'm in that camp. I, realistically speaking, uh, Izzy's going to fight in September, correct? That's when the UFC is going back to Australia? Yep. No. Yeah, September 10th. 
No official opponent, yeah. But yeah. No official opponent. However, Izzy is at the top of the bill. I believe that's part of literally part of the deal they have with the country of Australia. Like Izzy has to be at the top of the bill. So, um honestly I think it just depends on how this fight goes this weekend with Robert Whitaker and Drikus Duplessis. I think if one if the winner of that fight comes out too banged up to fight in September, I think Sean Strickland will actually get a title shot. Um not necessarily because he deserves it. I think, I think realistically, I mean, I think Jared Kennedy probably deserves it more, but at the same time, he did just lose to Izzy last July. So, um, I think Sean Strickland, it just depends on how this, how things go this weekend. Admittedly, I don't think there's a lot to say about this fight. I mean, it just showed, I mean, he showed the, the, uh, the levels. All right. You know, I mean, it's not that often that we get fights like this where it's just like an unranked guy taking on a top five, top seven type guy. Uh, and it wasn't even close, dude. Um, huge win for Strickland. We'll wait to see what happens. Um, but like I said, because we're, because of the uncertainty right now with UFC 290 and that middleweight fight, not a whole lot to add, but we will see what happens. Um, honestly, dude, I really think the biggest thing coming out of this card was uh, Grant Dawson. Grant Dawson is a fucking problem. I mean, he went out there, UFC Vegas 7. And dominates Demir Ismagulov, who is another just absolute world beater. 24 and 2 going into the fight, only lost in the UC to Armand Saruki. And, and dude, Demir just got manhandled. What do you think about Grand Dawson picking up the win? You've always had Ray Allen's kid as a potential uh, top uh, future lightweight. I mean, he got it done, man. I mean, I, I picked him last week. Uh, I, it feels so nice to come out of that one because it was, it was a hard fight for him. And he got it done. And, and granted, like I said, there was some stuff going into that fight. For me, like he had, he talked about retirement. I talk about Demir, not about Grant. He talked about mm-hmm. retirement. He's like, well, I, I want, I only fight again if it's against Armand and this, this and that. Uh, but still came out in the, I'd say gave an all right performance. Obviously, didn't get to win, but I mean, granted, I think that's more due to Grant's such a good performance. By the way, did you see that he did an interview with Hanada Moikata on his YouTube channel? I did not see that. Dude, it was inter- it was so fucking entertaining. If no, if you haven't watched it, but and I don't even did you even know he had a YouTube channel? It has like it has like eleven ten k subs, but the video the content is really really good. Yeah, there's actually a lot of guys right now that are doing uh, like making their own content, and they're actually making like high quality stuff. I even saw like I'm pretty sure like Parker Porter has like a YouTube channel or something. Like every that's, fighter has a YouTube channel right now. That, that's how you know, right? But uh, kind of to rally it back in, the reason I mentioned that is. So he brought Grant on to talk to him a little bit, and they talked about potential matchups. So I think they told, from what he said, and I could be wrong, I might be mixing it up, they told him that he'll get the winner of Dan Hooker, Jalen Turner. They said that they're working on a matchup for Armin with potentially Benil Daryush or Fiziv. I can't remember. Or Fiziv with Daryush, one of the two. There's something in the works there as far as those guys. And then Artie, and then, or, or I think it was Artie, and then some, or I think RDA is in the mix as, in there as well. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, dude, I mean, there, there's, the lightweight division is heating up right now. You mentioned um, Grant said the fight was going to fight the winner of Dan Hooker, um, and obviously Jalen Turner. I think that's an interesting and a good fight uh, next. Um, obviously, depending on how it goes anyways, a Dan Hooker fan. Um I like the Jalen Turner matchup. Don't like one with with Grant Dawson, so uh, we'll see we'll see how it goes. But uh, yeah, man, I mean, I was so impressed by that win. I remember going into that fight thinking, like, man, like I we saw what Armand Sarukian did to Demir, and obviously you mentioned the retirement stuff and a couple other things going into that. 
or going into his fight with, with Grant anyway. But, dude, I was just so impressed. I never expected him to dominate. Because there was not, not a single aspect of that fight was close. I mean, I said that he won by decision. It was a 30-26 across, across the board. So um, it wasn't even close. Extremely impressed by him. Uh, excited to see his uh, next fight. As far as the rest of the card goes, dude, I mean, we had a couple of big wins. We had a couple of big uh, big finishes. Which fights do you most want to highlight? Oh, man. There, there were so many good – I'll put it like this. Coming out of this uh, this Apex card, there was a lot of upsets. There was a lot of highlight performances. I think there were – I think every – I mean, and granted, when you win, it's a highlight performance. But there, there was just guys who I did not expect to win on this card who did. I mean, my and I'm going to start with this one. My pick of fighter of the week to watch Ismail Bonfim got upset by your guy that you highlighted a while back, Josh. Yeah. And uh, Ismail was the, the betting favorite. He had a lot of attention. He got a lot of hype from that uh, that Brazil card earlier this year. And then he comes in here, and it was – I'm not going to say it didn't seem like the same guy, but, man, it, did, it almost didn't seem like the same guy a little bit there. I, I mean, I do think it's just uh, – a pebble on the road, you know, but mm-hmm. I mean, wow. And that wasn't the only one. The other one on this card was, uh, and, and this one's a little different because it was, it was a, it was a new UFC signing, which obviously they, 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 uh, they signed this guy hoping that he would be good. But after Bruno has performance in Brazil as well, another guy who, who had a breakout performance in Brazil, he had that big knockout win over a Gregory Rodriguez we get Nuristan Ruzabov. I'm, I'm butchering the hell out of that. Uh, coming in on short notice and giving us a beautiful sequence in the first round. Josh grabs the leg, follows it with the with the with the right hand, and then and then drills him into the ground. Followed by ground and pound. Sick finish out of him. Uh, I think for me, the highlight fighter coming out of the week is Nuristan. Must must watch. Uh, t- must see TV. Yeah, you highlighted a couple of big wins there. Uh, obviously, Benoit St. Denise, i got to go and shout out that kid. I mean, you were a bit surprised I highlighted him a, while, a long time ago. This kid, out of France, the god of war is his nickname, dude. I mean, there was no way he'd lose him. <laughs> I mean, jokes aside, I mean, I saw his UC debut against Elizabeth Celeste Dos Santos, and I remember correctly, that was like a short notice fight, too. He got bludgeoned. I mean, that's there's only been a couple of times where I've been watching MMA fights where I've been like, I'm like worried. Cause I've, I've seen enough. Like I, like I, I generally like have a good, a good, a good eye for those things, you know, like on how bad stuff. Could, I thought Benoit Saint Denis is gonna die in that fight. I thought that stuff was getting really bad, but that also showed his heart. And I mean, for a kid as young as that, like there's some things that you can't teach. You can't teach heart. And he was like 25, coming in on short notice. Since then, he's won three in a row, all by finish. He's a bad man to watch moving forward. Ismail Bonfim, same page, actually. I, I still think, even though he lost here, that's what? That was only like the third or fourth loss of his career. Still a relatively young guy in his 20s coming out of Brazil. He still has a lot of growth to do moving forward. Just wasn't his night last Saturday. Um, Angel, I have to say it. We found out where Kevin Lee fits in the UFC, and I hate it. I hate it. As a Kevin Lee fan, I hate where he fits in because he fits in not very well at this stage in his career. <laughs> they give like, him a fuck, they, they give him a terrible matchup too. That's another thing you need to think about. And on top of that, yeah, it just it just wasn't going to go well, man. I, I, I th- what I was going to say is if there was a fight on this card 
there's a few, there's very few times, you know, there's very few fights where I'm a hundred percent sure someone's gonna win. Where I can, I can bet my whole life on it. I can bet everything I own. This is one of those fights, Josh, where I knew Kevin Lee was a hundred percent gonna lose. Well, yeah, okay, so here's the thing. I mean, I thought Kevin Lee, going into this fight, I'm a Kevin Lee nut hugger. I love the guy. I've always been a fan of the Motown phenom. But at the same time, I knew that things were not going to go well for him in this fight. I did not expect him to get rocked, dropped, and then choked out cold in 55 seconds. I just, I just didn't expect it. Dude, dude you, mean, can't, you can't deny it, though. It's, it's kind of cool, though. Like, What a killer, right? Dude, it was a sick finish. It go, like, like the, the picture of Renat walking away goes extremely hard, you know? Um, the whole sequence is badass. Like, I'm not gonna lie. There's, there's a moment after I'm like, damn, dude, this guy, this guy might have killed someone before. Like, I yeah, had that. I mean, but the truth, the worst part, man, is like, you, you said going into it, like, you knew what was gonna happen. And like, dude, so did I. And so did the UFC. And they got what they wanted. You know what I mean? And it makes me so mad. Cause the UFC wanted this shit to happen. And they got what they wanted. And I hate that. I hate when they get what they want, when they feed these kind of, and like, look, Kevin Lee is only like 30. But his body is not 30. His body is like 45 falling apart, made of duct tape. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and he was, he was wearing like, a, like, what was it? Two knee guards in there, like moving out, moving kind of like, kind of, kind of slowly. Some people thought maybe he'd been hurt or something. Like he's fighting with an injury. I don't know about any of that, but like, dude, just so depressing. I mean, so depressing. I mean, I saw him on fight. We talked about like, he was like, yeah, I was really excited to return to the UC, but now I'm at the apex that it just, Feels like we're killing the sport for money. Like we're not even having fights outside of the apex. Like what's the point? You know. Like I'm like, yeah, man. I've been I've been saying that for a while now, Kevin Lee. You know. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's suck to see. I think he'll be back. I mean he still is only 30. I don't. Here's the worst part is I don't, I think Kevin Lee still has some value in the UFC, but it's like a as a like a veterans fight guy. Yeah, he needs to be fighting guys like. I mean he could have fought Robbie Lawler. He could have fought Nico Price. He could have fought a. Uh... You could have Tony Ferguson, Matt Brown, Jim yeah. Miller. Like, and granted, and granted, maybe if things go well, maybe you could develop him in the direction of, or start pushing him in the direction of high of of the higher echelon. But uh, just not this was not the move right now, man. That that was no. not the guy. Uh, but look, another guy that we need to talk about this, Josh, because this was a I don't want to say it was coming out party, but it was a, it was a good test for him. Michael Morales against Max Payne Griffith. You know, uh, he looked good the whole fight, but you saw that uh, the Max kind of pushed him right in aspects of the fight, made him go to distance. Uh, for once in his in his UFC tenure so far, Michael Morales wasn't able to finish his opponent. Uh, and in this fight, uh, I mean, look, there's there's a reason he's fourteen and zero now, fifteen and zero. I mean, he looks like the real deal. I mean, he's due for. Is it time for a ranked opponent, Josh? Is are we done waiting? I mean, they they've already I think pushed, they got to give him a right one, um, Yeah, I mean they've already pushed Ian Gary, Jack Delamada, Michelle Pahey. I mean those guys are right there, fifteen, fourteen, thirteen. I mean I think it's time. I think they should give him Jack Delamada in after this weekend. Why not? <laughs> I mean Josh, you never know. Jack could lose. <laughs> Who he's fighting? Who's the guy he's fighting? He's a short notice guy, right? And uh, Jos- Josiah Harrell. Coming up from lightweight, yeah. What are we doing? <laughs> we not, I'm sorry. I mean, come, no come on, Josh. Come on, he Josh. Actually, He's so strong. He drilled him through the door at LFA. You didn't see that clip? No, no. Actually, I actually like Josiah Harrell. He's a funny. He's a fun guy. I've seen him fight in LFA. But like, I'm saying, like, 
He's a lightweight, bro. Like, I know. I'm being, I'm being. Weight class bad. exists for a reason. Jacques Delamadelena might be a, like a future champion at 170. But, but, you, but know? you guys said Brandon Moreno could be an NFL player. <laughs> yeah, I love people that can't wrap their heads around that. Like, you know, like they're, like, it's like I've seen big guys say that before. Like, bro, like I could totally beat up a flyweight. Like, bro, weight classes exist for a reason. Like, yeah, weight classes exist for. Fighters, you fucking moron. You're Joe off the street. <laughs> you fucking go to a lifetime fitness, dude. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> I love I love people like that, though, because I just want to see him actually, like, go into, a, go to, into a gym one time. But, you know, probably won't. And, but we, we need to talk about someone else. Alexander Romanov, bouncing back. But granted, though, they gave him – they kind of gave him a layup. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, I hate to word it like that, but they put him in a, in a good matchup to kind of like be like, all right, are you still with us? You if, know he, if he couldn't beat Blagoy, it's like, it's it's curtains, basically. Yeah, Yeah, and he, and he did it in, 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 I'd say, relatively good fashion. You would have liked to have seen him get to finish, get to submission. But I think overall he did a good job. They both had, I, I, yeah, you give him credit for the for the takedowns and, and, and some of the output they had. They had pretty good cardio. I got to give both the guys credit. I mean, yeah, of course they're gonna look tired. Do they look a little slow? Yeah, these guys are fucking 200, 200 plus pounds, man. <laughs> they're not gonna move. They're not gonna be fucking flyweights, you know. But uh, he got moved up the rankings, number number thirteen now, passing Blagoy, passing Chris Dawkins. Now the lower half. Uh, I don't know. I wonder if this is kind of where he turns. I wonder what happened before because, and his two performances before, man, it looked a little, it looked a little sketch. It looked like we kind of had a, it, not the same guy, you know. Um, cause man, dude, like he, he was beating those guys who weren't ranked like the way he should have been. He was finishing them. The Juan Espino one was, was a fun fight. Obviously it ended in, in a shitty way. I can't remember if it was a groin strike or an eye poke and they weren't able to continue it. And they had to fucking, the way it worked since it entered the third round and they fought part of yeah. the third round, they had to score. They scored it. They yeah. scored the, the first, the, they, they, they had already scored the first two rounds. So they were, and they scored what was left of the third round and. I remember at the time and ended up thinking it was actually Espino's uh, had won the fight because he, in my opinion, he had won the third. Speaking about Juan Espino, Josh, what the fuck happened to Juan Espino? Juan Espino retired. Did he do that like silently? Like no. He 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 very quietly, like a year after his last fight. It was only a couple of months ago. Um, but yeah, he quietly announced his retirement. And I thought, dude, it was April. It was April twenty first. He announced his retirement. Yeah, uh, almost a year exactly after his last fight. Wow, I actually didn't know that. Yeah, it sucks. I think Juan Espino was like, man, I would have. I th- he's like a low key all time what if. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how many people will agree with this. He's not many, many people know who Juan Espino is, but like, I think I think the issue was too. He yeah. he came back to MMA older because he started. He debuted in two thousand nine, and then he had his first professional loss. And granted, it was against Vitaly Minikov. No fucking shame there. Yeah, for real, right? And then he and then he didn't come back for a whole six years, and then he went on a win streak, and then he got the call up to to fight on the the Ultimate Fighter, and I mean the rest is history from there. Yeah, I mean he was fucking like thirty seven, thirty eight when he won the Ultimate Fighter. Like he's probably one of the I don't I don't know if anybody like kept track of this, but like he's probably the oldest guy to win the Ultimate Fighter. Like yeah, he has to be right. Like who else could it be? I have no idea. He was literally like almost forty years old. You know, but he, great wrestler, El Guapo, man. I mean, he was, he was such, he had so much potential. It just sucks that, to see it go the way that it did. 
And there's a um, lot of guys like that. Him and the fire, him and the fire kid, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, also, I mean, for for Espino, anyway. I mean, that Romanov fight. I remember thinking he probably should have deserved the decision, anyway. Same. But they didn't give it to him, and uh, that was his last fight, and he retired. It just, it just sucks. I mean, he's he's an all time what if for me. I looked it up. Yeah, six out of eight people gave it to one. Uh, media scores gave it to Espino. The other two declaring it a draw. So none of them thought Romanov deserved the win. Um, yeah, man, damn shame. Juan Espino, all-time what if, in my opinion. Because also, he lost a year because of injuries and just so much, too. So that sucks. Why'd you got to bring that up, Angel? I'm sad now. <laughs> what do you want me to tell you, man? Yeah, I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, uh, closing thoughts. What's your final thoughts of Vegas 76? Give me a score out of 10. Why not? Dude, this is like eight and a half. It's up there. Oh, really? You had a lot of fun with this one. Because they had a lot of finishes. There was a lot of, uh, like, things you didn't expect and things you did expect and, and kind of surprising moments. I mean, it was a fun card, man. It was nice to see Romanov uh, bounce back. And then Elvis Brenner and Garam had a banger of a fight. Giannis Simberto kind of building his uh, his way up in the flyweight, in the featherweight division. I mean, not flyweight division. Uh, and then kind of, and then, and then right after being devastated by seeing Kevin, Kevin Lee getting uh, almost knocked out and, and, and choked out. Uh, minutes minutes later, and uh, you know, seeing guys kind of rise, you know, you Merlston know, making a big debut, Michael Morales establishing himself as a 170, or Grant Dawson making himself known at 155, and then Sean Strickland spending his place in 185, saying it will not be letting go. And there was a, there was a lot to appreciate on this card. I think this will be, I don't think it'll be remembered, but this is actually, I think, so far out of the year, and I said this not too long ago, I think this is one of the best cards we've had, and it was in the Apex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, you know what? You, when you put it in perspective like that, you're not entirely wrong. Um, solid. It was a solid card. I'd probably give it a solid eight, eight out of ten. Um, it's pretty fun, man. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. fun. Yeah, I'd say. I mean, like I said, I'm in that same range, eight, eight and a half somewhere. Yeah. But let's be honest, Angel. We were rating that on a, on a, on a bit of a curve con- to, the, to the other UFC Apex events because if we're comparing to UFC 290, I don't think it's going to be. Regretted though, it's a pay per view. We got a crowd. We got some I, titles I on know. the line. There, there, there's know. a lot to it, man. I know, but this is the elite of the elite when it comes to UFC events. Let's go, boys! International Fight Week going down currently in Las Vegas, Nevada. Shame we couldn't make it out this year, but nonetheless, an incredible card going down this Saturday night in the main event. Alexander the Great, Volkanovski, back for the first time since his loss at Islam Makachev back in February, 25-2, and two, taking on interim featherweight champion El Pantera, Yair Rodriguez, riding a two-fight winning streak, last defeated Josh Emmett by submission in May, excuse me, not May, February, on the undercard of 284. What do you think about this one, man? Obviously, Volkanovski, he's a heavy favorite, but even he's acknowledged, like, Yair, he's a wild guy. We don't know how things will go. He's probably the most dangerous opponent I've faced to date. What do you think, man? Wow, we made it, man. We made it finally after kind of a, you know, it was getting a little rough there with those the cards, man. But I think last week kind of made up for it. And like I said, we were here for the pay-per-view. Like I said, two titles on the line, Interchamp champ in the main event. I know you laid it out there for me. I just wanted to reiterate it one more time for the people in the back who weren't listening. <laughs> uh, fuck, what else could you say, man? I mean, Volk has submitted himself probably, I mean, arguably is the best fighter on the planet. I mean, people are going to be like, John Jones is still here. 
But <laughs> I mean, Alexander Volkanovski has fought every has fought his whole time in the UFC with no breaks in comparison where John Jones has taken uh, has had multiple layoffs in recent time. But uh, regardless, I mean, man, we. It's crazy how different this whole situation could have been if Volk would have won that title at 155 and and all of that. Uh, fuck, man, who, who else would you want as an opponent right now at this time? I, I mean, I guess the only in a different world where things maybe shake out differently, maybe Ilya's in this situation. Who knows, right? I'm just saying, mm-hmm. if, if fights go a different way, things don't get scheduled right, people maybe get injured. But uh, Yair Rodriguez is here, man. Uh, I mean, we, we've been talking about it the whole year. You know, it's been the rise of the Mexican fighters this, in, in 2023, man. There's been a lot of success coming along, and uh, and I think this is this is this is a big night, man. You know, I, I one thing I do want to say, and I want to say it at the top of the show right now, is I do think no matter what, I don't. I think, and, and granted, I mean, obviously, I could be completely wrong here. I don't think both mm-hmm. Mexican fighters lose tonight, and that and that might be a little hard to, to believe for some people because mm-hmm. of how dominant Volk has been at 145, and because of the history Brandon Moreno Benjo has. But believe me, guys, when, I, I refuse to believe both of these guys are going to lose this upcoming Saturday. One of them is going to come out victorious. I know that for a fact. And and, uh, and hold that title. Um, obviously, I see, I mean, obviously, it's, it's very possible. They both, they both lose. They both win. But I don't see, a, I don't see a world where they were, at least in, in my personal opinion, I don't think they, they both lose. Uh, regardless, they're going to the fight. I mean, Yair, uh, I mean, if, if you've ever kept up with, with his uh, UFC career, I mean, you, you know him, you know his style. A variety of kicks, uh, rangy attacks from everywhere. Wild doesn't doesn't mind getting in the fire. Jiu-jitsu capabilities, a taekwondo background dating back to you know ever since he was a little kid. Uh, was looking to at one point potentially reach the 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 the, the Mexican national Olympic team. Uh, obviously, think, sadly for things things didn't shape out. But at the same time, maybe thankfully because maybe we wouldn't have Yair Rodriguez here now. Mm-hmm. Uh, regardless, though. I gotta give credit to Volkman. Tough puzzle has been figuring out. His fight IQ has grown incredibly. He feels comfortable in every situation. His decision making has been on point. I will say, man, if there is one guy, I think right now, who could just catch Volk, surprise Volk, and come out of nowhere, I think that's Jair Rodriguez. Like, insert any of the guys right now. You're talking mm-hmm. Ilya, Max, Mozart, anybody. If there's one guy I think could shock us all, come out here and boom, put out Volk sites, it's Jair Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. But with that all being said, Josh, I'm picking Alexander the Great on the net. Oh, there we go. You had me. You had me. I thought you were going to do it, and you, you changed up. Look, I'm on the same page as you. I think, realistically speaking, uh, Alexander Volkanovsky is head and shoulders above this division. I, like, right now, like, at this point in time, I don't think anybody can touch him skill for skill. I think Max Holloway is the second greatest guy, and we saw what happened in that trilogy fight. Like, I think Volkanovsky, over the last year, has taken such a – the step up that nobody, like, just skill for skill can go with him. I don't think Volkanovski, not Volkanovski, I don't think Rodriguez is going to try and go for skill for skill. I think he's going to try and put his lights out. I think he's going to try and get a big finish. I just don't think it's going to matter. I think Alexander Volkanovski and still on Saturday night. Um, I think Yair's going to go out there. I think he's going to catch him. I think he's going to give him some trouble. And Yair, I mean, we'll see how it goes. But I think uh, he, if there's a guy, like you mentioned, that could potentially put in that work, potentially pull off the upset, Probably going to be El Pantera, but I still think that it's going to be and still on Saturday night. Nonetheless, though, you mentioned that there is two Mexican champions on this event. And in the co-main event, we have Brandon Moreno taking on Alexander Pantoja in a trilogy fight 
they have the two on the poster. I don't understand why sometimes they have they count Ultimate Fighter fights and sometimes they don't. Wait, well, uh, for what fight have they done that that they actually counted it? Uh, they counted it for Diaz and Maynard. They fought once in Tough, once in the UFC, and they fought again in the UFC, and then they labeled the trilogy. So they've done it in the past. Interesting. Um, I wonder why they decided not to go with it this time. I don't know. I don't politics. Know. Probably, yeah. <laughs> UFC <laughs> politics, that's exactly right. <laughs> anyways, yeah, so Alexander Pantoja, he defeated Brandon Moreno back in August 2016 when they were both on the Ultimate Fighter Tournament of Champions. And then he also beat him back in May 2018 by decision. I believe that was a loss that sent uh, Moreno out of the UFC for the time being as well. Very, very exciting fight. Obviously, Moreno coming off of that win over Davidson Figadeo in January, where he pretty much won the final the final meeting of those two. I have been banging the drum that the Cannibal needs a title shot. I've been banging the drum, banging the drum. I've said he's a, the best man on the planet. Now it's finally here. I'm not sure how he'll do. What do you think, Angel? I think it's a very this is this is my <laughs> best fight of the card. I'm most excited for this fight. I think I think it's because of the history, man. Anytime guys have history, I mean, it just makes the fight just that much better. And I talked about this when originally this fight. I don't remember if it was scheduled or rumored, but they were supposed to fight at one point when uh, I can't remember if it was Brandon had the title. Or he was earned term champ. Uh, regardless, it was uh they before the trilogy with Figueroa. Uh-huh. They offered it was supposed to be Pantoja, but then he got hurt, so then they gave it uh, to Figgy. So yeah, they're supposed to fight about a year and a half ago. Okay, perfect. Thank you. And what I was going to say was that at the time I said, and it's and still now I said this is a big fight for Brandon. It's a legacy making fight because, and and it's very I want to say it's very different from the Alex and Izzy. I would I would like to make parallels, but I'm not going to. Because the, the situations are very drastically different. I think you can draw from those, but uh, I'm not going to in this situation. I mean, I'm sure, and I, and people have already done it. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to give a different perspective on it. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, this is this is a big fight because it's gonna like Brandon is the champ. But the thing is, if you've kept up with the division, if you care about this division at all, and 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 like these fighters at all, you realize how meaningful and important this fight is because of the the fact that. Alexander Pantoja has beat him twice. He beat him on the Ultimate Fighter. He, you know, he first round, the number sixteen seed, first seed, put him out, and it was a devastating loss. And, and you get a, and, and I don't know if people remember that fight at all, but Brandon had some moments early on looking good, and then you know uh, Pantoja caught him with some shots, and it just drained Brandon, and, and he, he got beat up from there. Uh, and I want to, I want to say, I, I genuinely believe that Brandon isn't the same kid from back then. You look at his body, you look at his physical, it's not the same. And on top of that, with him working on the Spanish commentary desk, I feel like it's taken his his knowledge and his fight IQ to a new level, observing fights, learning. I mean, there's a reason he chose at the time uh, our boy Josh uh, from Glory, James Krause is his coach, because he, he had been analyzing so many fights and he's watching coaches. He's like, I picked James Krause because I think he's the best at his job, you know, mm-hmm. and and we saw it when he when he made the change and, and he brought James Cross is what it did for him as a fighter, and it helped him grow. And you got to give Brandon some more credit because I think some of that came out of himself too, uh, because he then you know he 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 lost the the trilogy, but then in the in the fourth it was the fourth fight. I mean they fought so many times. Was it the fourth fight, Josh? Was it quadrilogy? Uh, yeah. Fourth, fourth, yeah. The fourth fight, he looked great. Um. Uh, you know, uh, his decision making has gone to a great point. There's something that a lot of athletes get, Josh, and 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 you hear soccer players, football players, 
and uh, basketball players talk about this, and even fighters all the time about how you reach a, a you you need to learn how to just do certain things while going. There's no thought. Like you you're already doing it before. It, it's just a reaction. You know what I mean? Your your awareness of continuation is there. You know you you're already positioned for the rebound because you know how it bounces from that specific position. You know you recognize a pattern and you know where to go. You know whatever it may be, right? You know to make this pass because you see this position in this position X Y and Z and defenders that where regardless. I think Brandon has developed has developed that skill finally, and it's what's pushed him to be in the position he is now. On top of not just improving his physical and and developing as a fighter and growing. Uh, and for Pantoja man. I mean, what what can you say? This guy is a specimen, right? Powerful, great ground game. is is willing to come forward and get in the fire, and so is Brandon. Uh, and he and he doesn't and he thrives in the chaos. He can he he can find control in the chaos. Whereas I think Brandon isn't trying to flow in the chaos. It's not so much just be part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I think that's where uh, Pantoja could find a lot of success. But I think we got a new Brandon Moreno. I think there's there's a reason he's the champs, you know, and he regained that title and he beat Davis Pereira, who we thought Josh and we mentioned it. We thought Davis was gonna have a long reign. We thought Davis mm-hmm. was gonna be around for a few years. Yeah. Uh, ended up not being the case. Brandon Moreno came along and and I think in a way, him having those fights with Davis had made him a better fighter. I mean, I think it's one of the greatest things that probably could have. And and, and who knows if Brandon thinks this, but I think this, I think that him having those fights made him a better fighter. It made him be who he is now. And for that reason, I'm picking Brandon Moreno. Mm-hmm. I completely agree with you on a couple of things you said there. I think those losses, without those losses to Alexander Pantoja, I don't think Brandon Moreno is the man that he is today. Uh, full In full agreement on that. Um, and I also do think he's going to give a better fight on Saturday than he's given Alexander Pantoja in the past. I think there's a very good possibility that this is going to end up being the the moment whenever he kind of we're kind of like okay he's here you know like I think okay there's one or two things that are gonna happen on Saturday night it's gonna be a star making performance for Brandon Moreno because he's avenging his prior losses and we're like okay because I think if he gets through Pantoja I don't think anybody in that in the front of the division can give him a, much of a challenge right now are like are you in agreement with that to an extent I think, yeah I I, th- I mean I don't think it's going to be a dominant reign if he wins this fight, but I think there's there's guys that will present. I feel like Brandon at times will make certain fights harder than they have to be, mm-hmm. with some of the guys coming up, not necessarily because he's making mistakes, but because of the abilities and the fight styles the guys are going to bring. Like guys like Brandon Robel, like guys like Amir Vazi who are on the come up and and right there knocking at the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I think that Abazi I mean after, getting, after those guys, yeah. I think that, that yeah, I agree with that point. Yeah, I mean, I I generally think Pantoja is uh, Moreno's biggest test in the division, um, and I think if he gets through him, he'll have you know smooth sailing at least for a while. I don't think he will. I think uh, Alexander Pantoja and New on Saturday. I think this is a guy that has been. If this were any other division, people would be screaming from the fucking rooftops how shameful it is that Alexander Pantoja's had to win because he had his title shot a year and a half ago he was supposed to get it at UFC I believe it was two I want to say like 270 or something the the undercard of Ngannou and gone he's supposed to fight Moreno but due to an injury he got all he offered the fight he accepted he got hurt like the first week of training camp so then they had to make him wait but not only did they make him wait they had to make him fight again 
And he went out there and he dominated Alex Perez. And he's been sitting waiting for a year since that fight. If this were any other division, people would be screaming from the rooftops that Pantoja needs a title shot. I think he's been waiting. He's been sitting around watching the late division. He's been watching everybody talk about Brandon Randy. You don't think he sees that? He's going to go out there. I think he puts in a big win on Saturday. I think Ann knew. And I think he does it in style. Alexander Pantoja. I think he's a bad man. I wish more people paid more attention to him. Because I think he's in the top five, you know, most entertaining guys in, in the UFC, period. He's very... Very fun to watch. He's a bad motherfucker, and he's going to be your flyweight champion after Saturday. Likely. We'll see. Um, like I said, Brandon Brader could win. I'm a huge Pantosha guy, but we'll see. Um, nonetheless, what do you think about this one, dude? I mean, a middleweight fight between Robert Whitaker and Drinkus Duplessis. I, I don't know what, what there is to say about this one. I mean, Robert Whitaker, you know him. It's very, very calm, very technical. Drinkus Duplessis, he's like fucking, he's just <laughs> Donkey Kong just busting through the cage, just <laughs> just running forward, doing whatever he can, no matter what. What do you think about this fight, man? Um, it's it's definitely a fight of different styles, to, for sure. Are you, are you not excited for a new mythical fighter on lock, Josh? 100% oxygen intake, Drinkus Duplessis? <laughs> 100% oxygen intake? We'll see. <laughs> what if it does we'll make see. it, what if he comes out, dude, he has Nate Diaz level cardio? Holy fuck! That's actually kind of scary. You kind of hope if he is Nate Diaz level cardio, he'll never lose again. I mean, <laughs> right? Uh, but man, I mean, you you got to give credit to Drinkus, man. He has made it this far through like utter will, man. Just pushing through it. Doesn't matter how fucking tired he is, he's still fucking there, dude. I mean, that that's what it's taken. Uh, it hasn't been like a smooth run, but it's still had some good highlight performances along the way. Uh. I mean, he is literally just a, I mean, he is a bruiser, right? I mean, there's no other way you could put it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's fighting Robert Whitaker. That's the only issue, man. I mean, I, I think a lot of people weren't ever picking Drikas during any of these fights in the, or at least like, ever talking like, I think some people might have picked him against the beat there until, which I mean, not the smartest decision. Uh, didn't, didn't people pick against him for Derek? Uh, I think there was even a, a, a handful for Brad Tavares. Uh, a lot of people call him the best, worst UFC fighter because somehow, you know, he continues to win. And I, I get that sentiment, but I, you got to give this guy credit because he had success at a UFC. He had good performance in KSW and EFC. You know, there's a reason he's made it this far. Granted, though, I'm, I, I won't deny, I am surprised that he has made, you know, with the performances he has given and how he has looked. You, you kind of wonder, like, he made it all the way here, but it's like, I mean... If he fights anybody in the top five outside of Robert, too, like we're talking like Marvin Victoria, Jerry Kenny, does he beat those guys? Does he beat Izzy now? You know, like, it, it, you don't, I don't think you're screaming at those thoughts. I mean, obviously, if he beats Robert Whitaker here, well, shit, this guy, I mean, you know, the sky's the limit, man. I mean, he's right there for a title shot, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think I've been one of the few Josh that has picked Rikas, though, and, 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 and pretty much all his fights. So I'll take a little bit of credit on that there myself. Uh, but I mean, this, this one's an easy one, Josh. I mean, it, it, for me, it's Robert Whitaker all day. I mean, the guy is, I mean, it, and, and it's no disrespect. I mean, it really is Israel Adesanya, Robert Whitaker, and the rest of the division. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I looking at this this fight, man, I mean, realistically, you mentioned that uh, Drikas could potentially come out here with 100% oxygen intake, right? 
Uh, and he comes out with Nate Diaz level cardio. I think if he comes out with Nate Diaz level cardio, I mean, I think we'll, we'll be having a conversation here. But, um, I mean, look, man, I think Robert Whitaker is so good. I mean, if you listen to the show before, you know how highly I view him. Um, I think he's going to go out there and just, and just dominate. I mean, I like Drikas. Um, I think he might have some big moments. He might catch Robert in this, but. I don't think there's a single facet of the fight where Drikas is better than Robert, and I also think that Drikas has a gas tank problem and so on and so forth. Um, I hate that they booked this fight. Like, I've, I've said for a while, like, I'm a Robert Whitaker fan, and I'm very well aware that with a win here, he's probably going to get a trilogy and a title shot. Super cool. But as an MMA fan, like, dude, how can you just throw away the rivalry between Izzy and, and Drikas? Like, these guys fucking hate each other. Like, why would you even book this fight? Do they actually hate each other, though? I don't think they do. I don't, I think they do. I think they're probably, I think they probably do actually hate each other. I think when we start talking about like races and, and shit, it's like, people actually take that stuff seriously. And nationalities and stuff. You're, so you're not wrong, but I, I'm one of the, I think I'm one of the few that doesn't think that beef goes that far. Like there is some beef, but it's not as much as you would think. It's not, it's not Jones DC. Like I'm not, <laughs> well, yeah. I'm not delusional. Like, can't, can't, we can't look at each other, need a line of security there. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. I'm not delusional, but I, I'm, I'm very well aware they're not, they don't like each other. And I think they could have had a fun rivalry, but that's now probably not going to happen after right. this weekend. No, no, no. I but mean, hey, I mean, God, God willing, though, if he comes out here with his, with his Diaz level, I mean, 100% oxygen intake. Exactly. What were you gonna say? No, I was just gonna say I just said he's 100% oxygen intake. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I. Anyways, man, I think that. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go out there. I, I think he's gonna go out there and get a big win. I think the one um, thing we'll, that Rodriguez does look forward to in this fight, though, Josh, is that it is three rounds. That is huge. I, it's a very good thing for him that it is three rounds. If it was. Jesus Christ, could you imagine this is a five-round, like, main event or something? But great, I, mean, I mean, at the same time, for Robert, I mean, that's also good, right? Because he also knows. It's like, well, I mean, it's three rounds. This fucker might come out crazy. I just need to be prepared. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, nonetheless, man, I think uh, I think Rob Whitaker is going to go out there and put on a show on, uh, on Saturday night. I think that he knows how close he is to getting that potential title shot in Trilogy. I think he's not going to let it slip out of his hands, so... Um, expecting some big things out of him, out of the Reaper on Saturday. Uh, nonetheless, though, this is UFC 290. It's the International Fight with This card is stacked. We'll keep on going. Jalen Turner, the Tarantula, who is riding a like a really good winning streak right now, man. Um, five he, he, fights. Oh, he was. Ahead. I said he, he was. was. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. My bad. He did suffer a split decision loss to Mateus Gamrot back in March. Prior to that, he was riding a five-fight winning streak with some big names. He's looking to get back on the winning track here. Meanwhile, Dan Hooker, the hangman, um, been out of action since a knockout win over Claudio Puelles last November. Some people thought maybe that could be, uh, that, that fight was going to be a very uh, important one for Hooker. If he lost that one, who knows what would have happened in terms of his ranking and his placement. In the end, uh, he stayed there. He's staying competitive and trying to move up the lightweight division. What do you think about this one? I think it's a fun fight. And we'll... Uh, I don't know how I feel about it, though. I think I, I think this could be. I don't know, man. What, what do you What do you think about this one? I want to give away my pick before you go first. <laughs> oh, right. No, I mean these guys were supposed to fight earlier this year. Uh, uh, originally, the, the Gamrot Turner fight was supposed to be Dan Hooker, uh, Jalen Turner, but uh, I believe Dan suffered an inter- injury, so we didn't end up getting that at the time. But we still are getting it this year, so that's good because it was a banger of a fight. Uh, and I think wasn't it? I think it was on a pay per view too. 
could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was. And for Jalen Turner, man, I, 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 I mean, there's a lot, he's young. He still has a lot of time. I think a loss here doesn't set him too far back. Obviously not ideal because it'd be two against two ranked opponents and two very good ranked opponents at that. And, uh, for Dan Hooker, man, he has a tough out here because he's a young guy as well. A guy who's looked good, has been putting it, is kind of stringing things together. He's a, I think it's the first time Dan Hooker is actually shorter than his opponent and has a reach at disadvantage as well, I believe. Damn. I think it's something that I heard. Because, I mean, it just goes to show how fucking tall Jalen Turner is. And, uh, I almost wonder, man, I, and if Dan Hooker comes out here, maybe develop, does some, some stuff similar to, and obviously not to the same extent, but as Gamera, you know, maybe there was a, the, you saw kind of a, a map, you know, there's a roadmap there now. And it's, it's funny because I think Jalen Turner even said, uh, when he's preparing for the, or during the Gamera fight week that he said he, he was working on his, uh, wrestling and takedown because he thought that Dan Hooker might potentially go to that. And, uh, Dan Hooker does have some in potential, I mean, does have some jujitsu and wrestling capabilities. He's gotten some submissions at the same time, uh, Dan Turner has gotten some submissions while in the process of being taken down and during scrumbles. So obviously very dangerous there. And with Izzy working on his takedowns a lot recently in, in jujitsu game and ground game, you kind of wonder if that transferred over to the gym because, you know, obviously so has Volk, you know, with obviously preparing for the Islam matchup. So they've all kind of been working in that department. Maybe, uh, Dan Hooker shows us a new layer to his game potentially there. Uh, Regardless, though, Josh, my pick is gonna be Dan Hooker. I think he's gonna come back, get two in a row, and kind of, kind of try to get back on track where he was once was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm on the same pH here. I think Dan Hooker's gonna go out there and get a big win. I think he's still, um, he suffered some losses at the top level. Obviously, losses to Poirier, Chandler, Makachev, and Allen down at featherweight. Um, I would like to remind people again: three of those guys are in the top six: Chandler, Poirier, and Makachev. Like. Dan Hooker is still a bad, bad man, um, and I think he can beat some of these guys at the, the, the bottom end of the division. Not the bottom end of the division, bottom end of the ranked guys. So I think he's going to go out there and probably beat Jalen Turner on, uh, on Saturday. Uh, Bo Nickel is taking his back, and he's opening up the pay-per-view. Obviously, we know the story here. One of the best prospects in the UFC and in MMA, I think probably ever, if we're being uh, honest, Um Originally, he's supposed to face Trayshawn Gore. Now he'll be taking on short notice replacement Val Woodburn. Val Woodburn, 7-0 out of Florida, uh, 29 years old. Been waiting for the call-up for a while. Um, yeah, man, I mean, I'm not going to ask if you think Bo Nickel is going to win because Bo Nickel is a minus 2,500 favorite. And these fights like this, really, they just help stat pad our, our, our record for the year. Um, but yeah. how, what are you looking for on Saturday? What are you looking for out of it? Just just a complete MMA game, you know, kind of just smooth smoothness in his – and even in his ground game as far as it being MMA. Because uh, if you remember in his last fight, he had – I mean, look, you got to finish regardless, but it wasn't – and I remember DC talking about it. It wasn't, like, fully smooth. He got to got to done it quicker. It could have been better. So just get him continue to show development in his overall MMA game, not just him being the wrestler. Which, I mean, he's already kind of shown that, right, because he's gotten – he's finished. But, I mean, at the same time, they've been against regional guys, guys with smaller records, and uh, probably guys that knew they were going to fuck – not going to lie, guys who probably did at the time know they were going to lose, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and curious to see, you know, what his opponent does too. I think that's a good thing. What can Valentine do in such short notice? I mean, luckily he's, he, they're not doing it from, from what we know, right? Josh hasn't been announced, but there's no catch weight, no nothing. They're going to fight at 185. So 
I'm assuming this guy was either preparing for a fight, wasn't shape. I think he was supposed to actually scratch that. He was supposed to fight next month on the contender series. That what it was. So he was preparing for a fight against a completely different kind of a, opponent, a Brazilian, Marco Tulio Silva. Uh, don't know much about his game or anything, so I'm not going to try to compare what he was what he was preparing for. But this guy was already said to be hope, hopefully going to the UFC. He's, he got the call up. He's not going to have to go through contender series anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh. But I, I hope he, he gets something out of Bo. You know what I mean? I, I, that's another thing I want to see Bo, Bo do. You know, what is, how is Bo during a three fight stretch? You know, if, if he even gets to it, if he ever has to get to it, he might not never have to do it. But I, I want him to bring more out of Bo. If that's something I want mm-hmm. to get out of the fight, show me more of Bo's game. Yeah, same page here. I mean, I'm like, like I said, I mean, Bo Nichols is going to go out there and probably beat this kid probably relatively easily. Um, I want to see this kid hopefully bring something out of Bo Nickel because I mean his fights have gone so quickly that we haven't even we haven't really gotten to see anything out of him. I mean, like I suppose and, that's and the it's, way a, you don't and it's do an it. important for him to, for that to happen too. That's another thing you didn't know because yeah. you don't want to have we don't want that to happen at the wrong time when yeah. Bo starts fighting some of these better guys at 185. Yeah, and by the way, I just want to go ahead and say this. I saw a lot of people complaining that they brought in a short notice guy instead of like I, I like because I saw a lot of guys offered to for, to fight Bo. I'm happy they brought in a short notice guy. Honestly, like thinking about it, um, just because he has nothing like, to lose. He has nothing to lose, and also the, the Bo only has four fights. I think they should take him slow anyway. Like I don't think there's any harm in that. Like yeah, I'm not I'm not saying like slow like Greg Hardy slow. I bet it like I mean. <laughs> It's also important, we should also go and say, like, I'm not sure if you remember, but his original UC debut kind of got a bit, it was kind of a bit disappointing because of the way it ended with Jamie Pickett and him, uh, they thought Pickett was out and he wasn't, and uh, they stopped the fight early. Um, yeah, I mean, look, Bo has a lot of potential. He's even working with Jake Paul and his better company to get his name out there more. Um, he has a whole ass YouTube channel now, bro. Too once again, another fighter with a YouTube channel. That's what I'm saying, dude. Like everybody needs him, apparently. Uh, so everybody, everybody has a YouTube channel. Everybody has a podcast nowadays, man. That's the whole fucking meme. Exactly. Oh, and anybody and, and well, shit. It used to be. What was the other thing? Everybody used to have an NFT. You know, that's a whole other thing. Oh yeah, that was one too. That was one too. Um, nonetheless, Bonegal's gonna win. Hopefully, uh, this kid can test him a little bit. But we will, you know, we'll see how how things go on Saturday. Um, rest of the card, dude. Couple of big names on the prelims, obviously. Uh, international fight week, so they gotta they kind of give us give us a little bit more than normal. Um, obviously the main fight to watch on the prelims is Robbie Lawler, Nico Price. Nico Price, one of the most entertaining guys in the UFC, still taking on Robbie Lawler, who this will be his final fight, dude. So uh, what do you uh, what do you think about this one? I mean, I think they gave him a, a respectable opponent, not an easy fight, but someone who can also give him a fun dance, you know? And Nico Price. And I think also Nico Price is, I mean, who else would you want, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, who else would have been a great choice, honestly? And uh, on top of that, I mean, he's been doing it, what, since he was 18? Mm-hmm. Right? Robbie Lawler's been fighting since he was 18. I mean, God, I mean, that's, uh, <laughs> that's a long time, man. I mean, you got to give the guy credit because... He could have retired, I mean, a while ago now. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, on his own terms, like he could have, he could have been done, but he stayed around because, and he, and, it, and it's, and it's, it's been, I mean, he's been like this his whole career. He just, he's just one of those guys who likes to fight. You know, that's that's it. He comes, he shows up, and fights. 
You know, he did, you know, like you, we've talked about it on the past on the show. He's not a, not a big media guy. Doesn't, you know, doesn't, you know, doesn't like, doesn't enjoy interviews. Doesn't enjoy all the extra shit. But the one thing he does enjoy is that fucking fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, for Robbie, I think this is a good matchup for him because it's going to be a competitive one. Um, and I think they've kind of, Robbie Lawler, I feel like has been like, He's been in a weird space uh, for the last couple of years where kind of everybody's known that he's been getting older, and we've been kind of waiting for him to just kind of wind it down. And the UFC's done a relatively good job with some of their matchmaking decisions, at least his last three fights. I mean, after the Neil Magny loss, they're like, all right, let's give him some veterans. They gave him the Nick Diaz fight, which was fun. They gave him the Brian Barbarina fight, which was fun. And now Nico Price. I mean, a perfect trifecta. I mean, if he could have another banger, that just to send him off, that, that'd be perfect for, for Ruthless Robbie Lawler. Hoping to see him get a... Get a win on Saturday. I love Nico Price, but I would love to see Robbie go out on a win, man. I would really love to see that. Um, also on the card, we have uh, the return to Jock Della Maddalena, ranked number 14 in the UFC's welterweight division, one of the brightest prospects on uh, on the planet, honestly, uh, taking on Josiah Harold, the muscle hamster. He's coming up from lightweight. Uh, Is I that actually what they call him, muscle hamster? That's hand- his nickname, the muscle hamster. He's 5'6". Okay. Fighting at uh, 170, moving up on a week's notice. AKA not cutting weight. <laughs> not cutting weight. Yeah, I mean, I, I I mentioned that I did not mind Bo Nickel fighting a short notice guy. There's no excuse for 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 this is just a waste of Jack Delamadelena's time. Hey man, you know what though? That motherfucker's still gonna get paid, so I don't know what you're saying. Yeah, well, I guess you're right. I mean, it, it just kind of I meant in terms of like the moving of the division. And yeah. So on and so yeah, and yeah, you're not you're not wrong in that department, yes. But as far as him still getting his money, getting his pay, oh yeah, he's chilling there. <laughs> nah. Well, as far as the rest of the card, man, uh, which fights do you most want to highlight? Oh man, you, I got to give a, a quick shout out to Cameron Simon, man. He's a guy who, once again, he's 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 he comes with Rikas from that same camp, coming up in the same kind of scene down there in AEFC, and they kind of both found her. They're way into the UFC at this point together. He's taking on Terrence Mitchell. Terrence Mitchell coming on short notice. It was originally supposed to be Christian Rodriguez, which was about that I was actually very excited about. Uh, Terrence Mitchell, fifteen and two, former tough, uh, uh, yeah, former tough house competitor. Uh, has managed to you know get some wins together. Now back, uh, Cameron going to be fighting. Uh, is Cameron a flyweight or is he a bantamweight? I'm gonna I'm gonna throw myself up. Yep, never mind. For some reason, I thought they were gonna be moving up a weight class, but uh. Seemingly has looked good both of his fights in the UFC so far. Has has fouled his opponent in every single one multiple times. Completely accidental on this last one. Like I I kind of went back and kept track. I'm like, let's see how let's see if he, these were all things in on accident. They were. So, but but somehow it, it seems to happen every time. So you know there's an issue there. Uh, and my other highlight fighter, Satsuo Attire, He was supposed to be on the card last week. They I guess they were like, fuck it, we still want to give this kid a fight. So they got him Edgar Ch- Edgar Chidas. Uh, Mexican fighter, on uh, I guess on I guess it would be short notice to come in and give uh, Tatsu a fight and obviously give Edgar a chance at uh, UFC stardom. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a couple of fun fights here. There's a couple of guys that are getting a chance at UFC stardom on Saturday. Uh, guys coming in on short notice, like um, you definitely see that the UFC just says fuck it and they're just, they're just they're like what's on anybody now? You pretty much, pretty much. Um, Tatsu Attar, I highlighted him a while ago. He's back on this card. My my fighter to watch this week. Not gonna not gonna get the whole spiel since I just did it like a week ago. Um, but yeah, excited to see him back. Um, Jimmy Crute back and uh, badly needing a win. 
going to be taking on Alonzo Menafield. They fought back in February, and they'll be rematching. Uh, fought to a draw, so should be a uh, – and it's an important fight for both of those guys. Yeah, I forgot Menifield. that. Yeah, Alonzo Menafield, the time's ticking out, uh, 35 years old. Uh, riding a decent uh, couple of fights, and then meanwhile, Jimmy Crude, the opposite end. I mean, he's young, but he needs a win to stay in contention, so – Interesting, interesting one there. Any closing thoughts on this card before we go ahead and move on to some news? Man, I'm just excited to see what happens this Saturday night, man. It's always so fun. You know, pay-per-view weekends are always the best. And just fight week is always the best, man. Uh, I'm just excited. That's that's all I can say. fired up. I'm fucking fired up, Josh. I'm rock hard with emotion, goddammit. For real, for real. I am rock hard with emotion right now. I got a fucking throttle. Okay. Anyway, so he's a movie gone. We got a fair bit of news to talk about this week, guys. Um, not even just not not just MMA. I mean, we got we got a fair bit of everything, actually, dude. Um, so we'll go ahead and hit it off with Ultimate Fighter first. We'll go ahead and give you the recap, which admittedly there's not much to recap because again, <laughs> no, but, but do you want to do you want to say beforehand what happened uh, before even the episode aired? <laughs> Oh yeah, the uh, the results of the, uh, the episode leaked. In fact, the fight itself leaked as well, or not fight, but the, the post fight aftermath between Conor McGregor and Michael Chandler. It leaked. I mean, what do you think about all that about that whole situation? Fuck it. I, I don't know who fucked up. I don't know who's who's putting this shit out here. But I mean, I'm not complaining. It, it's I mean, it's just interesting to me. You know, to yeah. Simply, uh, I, I do want to say, and you didn't you didn't specify it there, but th- it wasn't like someone who was there like leaked the fight result. Like it wasn't like some camera phone footage. This was a fully, I mean, it was it was edited. It was a edited finale of that episode. It was it was it was part of the episode. Then just were completely shown out there on top of uh, the whole exchange with Connor and uh, Chandler. But as far as like talking about tough itself, man, I mean, shit, Connor. Probably won't get another win. I said the weekend before this past week, I was like, if if there is a guy to win out of the guys Connor has left, it would have been would have been Lee, mm-hmm. and Lee was looking good until Lee wasn't looking good. Yeah, I mean Lee Hammond was winning that fight easily against Kurt Hollibaugh, and then he got caught with a guillotine. It happens, and uh, Connor just kind of lost his shit. I mean, Chandler, Chandler's like, you know, <laughs> stack him up, stack him up. We're stacking him up the wins. And then Connor was like, you know, great job by the Veltor guys. And they got face faced with him. And, uh, he shoved him. And, uh, which was hilarious, by the way, because I, I felt like the whole thing, it feels like Connor is just like a parody of what he used to be. Cause I feel like if that was Connor 2016, Connor, I don't think. Because nobody was nobody was separating him, by the way. Like they they fucking you know. There was like a little um, bit of initial separation, but they were kind of. There was a bit of separation. Okay, so essentially, yeah. uh, funny enough, it's the guy that I can't think of his name right now. He's the guy that Connor uh, got arrested with back for the bus. Do you remember? Um, wait, him that's... and one of his boys. I can't remember which one. That's hilarious. But that guy was the one who was doing the face off between them. Um, and then he tried to grab Chandler to stop it, and then Ryan Bader shoved him. You know, so essentially that you, point, it was well, both were heavyweight champion guys, by the way. Yeah, could you? I was like, dude, I was like, I, I feel so bad for Connor's boy there because Connor's boy fights like Walter Wade or something. He, that's not his. He, he, he's not supposed to be there, you know. Like, it's yeah, just, yeah. he's like, what the fuck? So he got shoved by Ryan Bader. Um, 
But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to find find the guy's name, but I cannot find it. But anyways, yeah, I mean, they got the whole thing. It just feels like a bad parody of what <laughs> Connor used to be, you know, because fucking Connor gets like that. Those two start going at each other and they start shoving each other. Connor McGregor is not of 2016 is not going to just sit there and like let it happen. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I mean. I don't yeah. know what you can really say about it, man. It's just too bad these guys aren't in Russia and just had a an unsanctioned fight just right then and there, right? Could you imagine? <laughs> well, I mean, again, dude, could you they, believe it? Connor and Michael Chandler have had a full on fight in the t- <laughs> on a tough episode. It was an unsectioned bout, but Vegas was there to take score. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, um, I don't, I don't have too many any 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 closing thoughts, man. It just. It just feels it just feels sad. I mean, we're watching this show and it's just like, man, Connor, man. What are, you what are know, you doing? You, you kind of just hope that one of the guys get it. But you know what's kind of sad though? Like with all the fucking guys winning on Chandler's team, it's like they're all gonna. And then look, it happens. It happens all the time. Guys from the same team face off, but it's kind of like no matter what, you're gonna face one of your teammates, which is kind of like damn, you know. Especially because as you watch the season, all the vets have gotten really close. You know, I mean, everybody's yeah. season's gotten relatively close. There hasn't been a lot of a uh, I mean, shit, there hasn't, I mean, uh, to the two seasons we've heard, there hasn't been any, I guess, drama between fires at all. The only bit of attention there ever was was Brad Katona kind of during his episode because he seemed a little distance, but it was, it was completely tactical on his part. I mean, it was, it was fully explainable. And by the end of the episode, it kind of came back, but you could tell that it kind of affected the team a little bit because there was kind of a sour taste left in everybody's mouth, kind of the way Brad was fighting. Even Brad said himself, he's like, I think everybody's, I think, I think, well, he didn't talk about his teammates, but he said, I think Chandler is probably like, damn, Brad's such a fucking diva. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, this whole season has just felt like, I said it like in episode like three, I think I said this, I said that like, it feels weird. Um, and I feel like that feeling hasn't gone away, man. It's just like, because, like I said, Connor just feels like he's parodying himself, dude. Like, it doesn't feel like he's being authentic whatsoever. He's barely there for his team. And I even saw Chandler. Like, Chandler went after the whole – after Connor tried to fight him and make a whole big scene. He went and high-fived his team. Like, he went and high-fived Connor's team. He's like, dude, I'm fucking – I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you guys have to deal with this. Like, I'm sorry that you guys don't have a real coach. Um, One thing I, I will say, in defense of Connor, I and we, we talked about this off-air – just looking at the talent level of the prospects versus the veterans, the prospects were always going to get washed. Um, especially because gonna... of, of the vets they brought, too. Yeah, I mean, they brought in legitimately good guys. And they're bringing, some of the prospects they're bringing in are guys like, who are like 37, who have like never even fought up in the B League level of the LFA. Like, you know what I mean? Like, By the way, now do you kind of agree yeah. with me? You kind of wish there was kind of some inner, inner mixture of, fight, you know, they had, you know, they would have picked. Yes. Yeah, you were right. You were right. I think Cause, I because I, yeah. I thought this was like I didn't like look. I hoped right. I hope some of the guys would shine through. But I, deep down in me, I'm like it doesn't make sense to put the guys who've already been at the top and are good and had that pressure and been there before against guys who've never ever had anything close to that. Dude, it's like you have what's what's the best compare? It's like you have a fucking a. A polar bear, two like a fucking pack of hungry polar bears versus a pack of hungry wolves. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know what team is gonna win? You know, like they're both hungry. They both want it really bad, but one's hungrier than the other. Yeah. 
Yeah, I just feel like at this point in his in his career, I feel like he's just not Connor's not very hungry for it, and I get it. Um, and also some of those vets too, like I got a Kurt Holabot, like the hunger that he feels to get back to the UFC, like that's a guy that wants to prove himself. I just wonder how how different that may be for a younger guy who just has dreams of grandeur, who thinks yeah. he's going to UFC and just sleepwalk his way there, versus a guy like Kurt Holabot who's been through the fucking ringer. Like, by the way, are you kind of disappointed in the, that? Chandler's like, you see how good of a coach Chandler's been on tough. He kind of wish he kind of had a, a more formidable, at least coach. You know, that is obviously Connor's a good opponent, but I mean, as far as like coach, you know, to make yeah, it, yeah, no, I see what you're saying. I think I, I don't know. I think I think the the I feel like it's actually been perfect. The the differences because it just shows like I mean, it shows a parallel, but I really I, I feel like it would have made the season more fun if Chandler would have had someone to coach against. You know, I feel like that's the. Yeah, yeah. I just wish Connor wasn't even involved, honestly. Like, if he wasn't actually going to coach, what's the point? Because to me, dude, there's like two competitions in tough. The actual fighters amongst themselves, and then it's the coaches competing against each other as coaches, and then their fight as fighters. Yeah. And I'm kind of, and I'm kind of missing out, you know? And like I said, it's not, it's not the first time we've had, like, it, you know, it kind of to an extent, right? It's giving me a bit of Amanda vibes. You know what I mean? You remember how I told you on the Amanda and Juliana season, like how great of a coach Juliana was, but how kind of like to an extent, I felt like Nunes was a little non-existent. Like she was there, she cared, but shit, I felt like Nina Nunes did most of the talking and coaching during the actual fight rather than Amanda. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not wrong. I think there's definitely been good and bad coaches. There's definitely more coaches that are more in tune with the team. Hey, granted, Connor still did bring his coaching staff. Like, what's his name is still there? Um, why am I blanking on him? Our guy from SPG. I'm blanking on his name. Why am I right now? Um, had, John Kavanaugh. I mean, John right. Kavanaugh is still there. I mean, they still have access to a great coach. I mean, don't, you know, don't get it twisted, you know? But, you know, it's definitely, you know, I mean, fighters, dude, a lot of times, you know, fighters always have fighters in their corner, you know, for a reason, you know? Mm-hmm. Shit, uh, fucking this past week, Devin Clark was there, Charles Oliveira was there, uh, who else was there? I mean, shit, I mean, I know it's his brother, but Keith Lee was there, obviously former fighter as well. Uh, I mean, multiple coaches are former fighters themselves, like, you know, there's a reason why fighters are, you know, there's a reason that why not all the coaches are just coaches, but also former fighters and coaches. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, you we mentioned earlier, Ryan Bader's there, I mean... They they've got a couple of former coaches, excuse me, former fires coaches or current fires, but yeah, I mean, I think this season is tough. I mean, I don't think I think that's that's kind of all my my thoughts on it. It's just a it, it's been kind of a letdown in comparison. To last, like, look, we talked about how the last two had their they were a bit rough, but I mean, I'd say as uh, you know, we're talking like fighter wise, this this one's been rough and even coaching wise. But I guess I guess the drama between Connor and Chandler's kind of made it still somewhat interesting, but but it almost feels like you already know the results of the season before, you know, we're just watching the you know the first few episodes. I mean, it's just yeah. I mean, I yeah, it's just disappointing. That's that's all my kind of thought. It is what it is, you know. In the in the words of Max Holloway, it is what it is. I mean, I don't have to. It's just. It's Could you tough. imagine a I season of uh, Nate and, and Connor nowadays? I think if Nate was there, he'd care. I don't think he's ever cared about Michael Chandler. I think I legitimately think that's I think that's it. Because like whenever you're at Conor McGregor's, like think about who he's fought since since he came back, like since the Floyd fight. It's only fights that he's wanted to be there for, right? Like yeah. he, he fought he fought Habib because they had that big beef. 
He fought Cerrone because he needed a big win. And, you know, they had history and they talked shit back and forth in the past. And then he, he fought Poirier, who had already fought before. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I don't know. That's just my view on it. And but, I don't but, think... Yeah. But I think now, like I told you, and, we, and once again, we talked about it off air, he's kind of now developing a reason to fight Chandler. Like, I think it's actually... If, if there is one good thing that comes out of this season, <laughs> no hate to the fighters, <laughs> it's it's the fact that Connor is building up a reason to want to fight Chandler. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I mean, that's my... I don't know anything else to add to uh, it. Um, those are the closing thoughts just, for that. Just disappointing. Um, and we'll see if... We'll see if Connor... I want Connor to get one win. I just want to see him get one. If he doesn't get one, you know, God bless. It's um, <laughs> just... Poor guys. But, uh, you know, we talked about it last week. We said maybe Alistair Overeem is going to go down to light heavyweight. Maybe said Rise and maybe one championship. Nah, dog. Alistair Overeem is retired. Um, he announced it on a recent uh, podcast. He said, I'm vegetarian now. I don't eat meat. I don't want meat. And I'm tired of fighting. It's not my thing anymore. Angel, what are your what are your thoughts, man? The retirement of, of an all-time legend. He just kind of, like, did it really low-key. He did it on, like, a podcast, like, a thousand subs. Like, he just... Hey, man, that's that's respectable. However you want to do it. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? As long as you dictate it. Exactly. But, yeah, man, what do you think about the Reem, the demolition man, hanging it up? I mean, it's sad. I mean, there was obviously... I mean, obviously, we never got to see the Rico Beerholben fight that we were going to... Had some interest in developing at the time. Uh, obviously, one talked about this hope of having this open weight Muay Thai tournament, and he kind of was like, "Oh, there's, you know, he showed some interest there. Didn't end up getting that either." But hey, man, this as long as he's happy, that it is what it is. So be it. Um, I mean, he leaves no questions unanswered. It's probably it's one of my favorite things to say when a fighter retires, Josh. He leaves no questions unanswered. Yeah, I mean. I guess that's probably that's probably a really good way to put it. He left no questions unanswered, you know. Um, the ring, you got to see him fight just about everybody that, like, you probably wanted to. There's not many any dream fights. And didn't have. want to either as well. Yeah, I mean, the only real dream fight I guess I could think of would be probably Fedor or Milianenko. Those two didn't, fought, didn't fight. But outside of that, I can't think I of it. I mean, he was a baby, bro, back then, though, too. He's a little, he was young. Yeah, but he was in Pride, and he fought a couple other guys, and they were, you know, I believe they were also in Strike Force at the same time. They had, they had overlap; it just didn't come together. But yeah, I mean, the Reem, hell of a career, an all-time great, and it's just so Alistair Overeem that like he just kind of was like, eh, you know, I'm done, you know, like it's just, it's just I don't got to do this anymore, you know, it's just, just I'm just gonna pack it in. I'm gonna go do something else. Like that's literally what he said whenever, whenever they. uh Whenever he was asked about why he's retiring, he's like, oh, you know, I'm just, it's not my thing anymore, you know? <laughs> I'm like, I appreciate that honesty. Is that how he worded it? Is that yeah, he literally is just like, you know, I don't like this anymore. This isn't my thing anymore. That's that's kind of how it usually is for the fighters, right? They just don't don't enjoy it anymore. Well, he's definitely not hurting for money, so I think that's, well, that's, that's a part of it, too. That's good. But anyways, man. Uh, Jim A. Ten Miller, who we've talked about on the Fair Show a couple of times recently. Obviously, he came on. He knocked out Jesse Butler last month. He's talked about UFC 300 a fair bit, and we've said that he should fight Joe Lozon. He's actually named his his opponent now. He said that UFC 300 potential final fight. I want Matt the Immortal Brown, and I want him at 170. Yep. Kind of out of nowhere, man, but I'm actually really down with it. What I'm, you- D- I'm DTF, dude, because that could be a dual retirement fight. 
It really could be. Now, he did say that he's not sure if he'll retire at UC 300, but he said it. He oh, what a what a dog, dude. Could you, could you imagine if he still kept going after that? UFC 400. <laughs> Jesus, how many more years would that be? Uh, they, It's like six years, I think. I mean, I'll be alive for it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think that's the question, but uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, dude. Jim Miller is a dog. I mean, he said that, like, you know, I went up the welterweight against Cowboy, and I was like, why do I fight at lightweight, you know? <laughs> it's, just, it's just, and at this point in his career, he might as well move up. I mean, he's not going to win a title. He's not, but he's also not in danger of being cut either, you know? So if you don't have to cut weight, you can just have some fun veteran fights. You might as well. I think this is a fight that makes a lot of sense. Um, I mentioned Joe Lozon. Uh Funnily enough, I saw an update recently uh, where um, – he tried to get a fight uh UFC Boston, but they couldn't come to an agreement on a fight. Oh, wow. Joe did? Yeah. That's dope. But, um, so Joe Lozon's not retired, but he's not going to be at UFC Boston, which is a bit lame. Because he's going to be at UFC 300, god damn it. <laughs> god willing, right? Um, but at the very least, he won't be facing Jim Miller. By, by the way, around what time next year will UFC 300 land? It, de- it it depends. I mean, it, it depends on how many pay. Sometimes they do two pay per views in a month. There's not really a way to. I guess you're. I mean, I would. I mean, I mean, in October we'll have UFC 294. I'm assuming we'll get another pay per view after that. So they'll end the year at 295. So I'm expecting closer to mid early next year. Yeah. Around this time. Some uh, potentially around like May. Yep. You know. I just gotta fly. I'm Mr. Miyagi. I shit you not. I just gotta fly while we were on. Holy air. shit! I are you, are you all? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Fucking godlike, godlike dude. I mean, out of nowhere. Dude, what? Too bad we don't do this part. Too bad we don't have any fucking video, dude. You see, this is why the podcast needs to be <laughs> video. This is the only reason why. <laughs> because you get to see my godlike reflexes. You get to see the two idiots that sit on a couch and talk about UFC fights. Exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, that's my closing thoughts on Jim Miller, dude. Um, this one, came, this next one came out of nowhere. So, um, Tyson Fury, uh, who's been busy ducking and running from Alexander Usyk, um, he's been trying to get an opponent for a while now. So has been Francis Ngannou, except they haven't really been talking. Instead, Ngannou's been talking about fighting Wilder, and Fury's been linked to the fight with Usyk. The Usyk fight is off, and Wilder's apparently looking at fighting Andy Ruiz and then AJ. With that in mind, Eddie Hearn apparently, I mean, he said that these two are apparently in talks to fight later this year in September. Eddie said that it might be an exhibition, but it's important to remember that Eddie Hearn is quite literally, uh, you know, Tyson Fury's rival promoter. So it's it's in his best interest to downplay a fight. But, uh <laughs> What do you think, man? Um, I'm down for this. I'll watch it. You know I'm down. You know I'm fucking down, dude. Come on. I'm, I'm, I'm DTF. I'm down to fight, you know. I'm down to see this fight no matter what. By um, the way, I can't yeah. believe it's taken this long to do Wilder, Andy, with the whole back and forth. And we've been talking about that fight for, almost like, what, a year and a half, two years now? It's been quite some time that we've talked about that fight potentially happening or just those guys being matched up in general. Yeah, well, then they got ordered to fight late last year, and they just haven't been able to do it because I get Wilder said Andy said he won't fight for anything less than fifty fifty, 
And Wilder said, there's no fucking way he's deserving of a 50-50 split at this point in his career. Which, I'm not going to say is wrong. <laughs> I mean, I like, you, you got to give credit to Andy, though, because he's no, 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 no. a former champ, too. You know, you Yeah, but you also can't pretend that they're in the same spot, like, drawing power-wise. No, I mean, so it, I think, look, yeah. you, this might be a hot take. I you think they're closer to each other than you think. Yeah, well, I mean, maybe, but they they probably won't fight anyway. I mean, nonetheless, nonetheless. I mean, I'm, I'm sure. I mean, it's a money issue. They'll figure it out. It'll probably take some quite quite some time, and they might even get the deal done by the end of this year and do it next year, knowing our fucking luck. Regardless, though, I do imagine those guys will probably come, you know, fight at some point. It'll just be quite some time because of some stupid deal that takes too long because these guys can't agree on money. Yeah, I mean, I it might happen, but I mean, I think regardless, um, back to the original one, I think. This, um, yeah, man, I mean, I'll watch Tyson Fury versus Francis Ngannou. I really hope that it's not a fucking exhibition, uh, like, like, uh, Eddie said that it may be. I really hope it's not. Um, also watch it even if it is just to see, cause I think it's, you know, I mean, the best, you know, MMA fighter on the planet, the baddest man on the planet. Who the MMA fuck side. is AJ fighting? <laughs> AJ's been fighting Dillian White. Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Forgot that got announced. Fuck me. Yep. So that's going to be going down later this year. <laughs> what a banger. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I'm excited for it. I mean, I'll watch that one. But, yeah, I mean, anyway. Um, Next one up. This is, this like, made, like, no news. I was very surprised that nobody really talked about this. Anderson Silva. Uh, who we have not seen since the Jake Paul loss that was last October, he said that he is going to fight in Japan for his final fight. Currently, he does not have an opponent. He also said that he's not going to name the promoter because he said he's in talks with multiple ones. Um, Dude, it could only be like two or three, let's be honest. Yeah, I mean, Ryzen or probably Bellator or, I mean... One. Uh, yeah. Uh, what, what is it? Pancreas, right? Still around? Pancreas is around. Uh, they still have Shudo? Well? Shudo is still around, yeah. So, I mean, I mean that's, those are like the only, I think, ones that probably could, one, give them money, and two, would bring an interesting opponent and make it a big event. Yeah, I agree. Um, nonetheless, nonetheless, what do you think about this? I think Anderson Silva retiring in Japan. That's badass. Pretty fucking sick. Badass, you know? Badass. Simple as that, dude. What a way to end it. I mean, he ended, look, obviously he had his UFC retirement, but for him to want to do it the way he wants to do it and, and in no other place in fucking Japan, dude, sick as fuck. And, you know, you know, I mean, all fighters talk about how much they love fighting in Japan and being part of events in Japan. So it just makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Um, Anderson's a dog. I'm glad he's coming back for one more. And, um, yeah, dude, man. You know how people, I feel like a long time ago, like, we would shit on maybe, like, old guy fights or old guys, like, continuing trying to fight. You know, I feel like, but, dude, they really got the, you, you remember Rocky Balboa? Like, they, they're really embracing the Rocky Balboa mindset, man, and, and, and dog, you know, wanting to prove themselves even, even near the end. You know, granted, the story of Rocky Balboa, it's Rocky Balboa, Rocky's fighting a prime, you know, fighter, and Rocky's, you know, fucking old. I don't remember if you, yeah, you, I don't remember if you remember that scene in Rocky Balboa where they're at the gym. They're like, yeah. well, you can't fucking work out because you got this. You can't do this because there's an issue with your back. Your hands are fucked up. You're fucked up. This is fucked up. You're just <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> I yeah, I, I have seen that. Yeah. 
that fucking scene. I can't remember exactly how it went, but it was something along the lines of that. It's close enough. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, yeah, I'm happy that Anderson's retiring in, in Japan. I think it's sick. I love um, that he'll be heading back there, and uh, I'm, I hope it comes to fruition. You know, I really hope it does. Yeah, that's another thing. It's not a done deal yet, so. It's not. Um, but anyway, speaking of deals that are not done, Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg are still teasing that they're going to fight. Uh, there has been no update on that. I saw that Elon recently showed uh, a picture of his quote-unquote training, and it's, it's a team of, like, John, what is it? It's, like, GSP. GSP, John Danaher, and yeah. uh, Lex Friedman. And Lex Friedman. So, apparently, they're actually they're actually going to do this fucking thing. So, if they actually do this thing, who would you put on the undercard? Because you can't really have, like, actual MMA fighters on the undercard, can you? Like, that'd be kind of like an insult in a way, you know? Come on, you're going to have Ronda. Dude, of course, Ronda's going to come back. That's going to yeah. headlines, too, right? Well, anyways, fucking, I guess, Logan Paul said that uh, he's down to go ahead and hop on there, dude. He said that C- he uh, wants... CM Punk return? No, no, no. You know who he wants? Logan Paul said he wants to fight in the undercard, and he wants Patty the Batty. He said he wants Patty Pimblet. Um... Dude, what you, do know you, what made, you know what made me laugh? Uh, people were like, he's he's a fucking flyweight. I'm like, dude, Patty Pimblet's a fucking heavyweight in his offseason. You don't think they can find a weight to fight at? <laughs> Granted, I'm being I'm being funny, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I saw that, you know, Logan was talking about it. He's like, you know, Patty normally fights at 155, but when he's out of camp, he's a fucking blimp. So I don't see why we can't fight, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is he wrong? Like, it's just, He's not... He's not entirely wrong, no. Like, he's just, you know, he might hate Logan Paul, but, I mean, he's not wrong on that one. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm down to see it. Fuck it. I've always said Logan Paul fighting UC intrigues me more than any sort of boxing or any sort of, you know, I like him in WWE, but I, I prefer MMA just because, like, I think he, he has a base in MMA. Like, he trained wrestling. He's a really, really good collegiate wrestler. So, I'm down to see it happen, you know. Um... If they're going to do this card, we might as well have some have some fun with it. But yeah, I mean that's my kind of closing thoughts. Just a shit show, right? <laughs> yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Nonetheless, man, um, this is our last piece of the day. We got to go ahead and we got to shout him out, Angel, because this is a special July Fourth edition of the Courtside Sound Off podcast. Oh, and God. yesterday. The Glizzy Gladiator, Joey Chestnut, were knocking down 62 hot dogs in 10 minutes. Yo, they were supposed to, they called it off, Angel. I'm not sure if you saw this. They called I it off it. in the rain. And then it's like the glass shatter, dude. It's like Stone Cold Steve Austin. He runs back out. He's like, I don't give a damn if the other one's coming out, but I'm putting these hot dogs down. You know? Like, <laughs> fucking legendary moment. Top, top 10 all sports pictures, dude. Joey Chestnut walking out. <laughs> Joey Chestnut is the fucking Michael Jordan of 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 eating, dude. Just just an absolute legend. I had to shout him out. It was the most it was the most American shit I've ever seen. You know, the only people, way that look yeah. people shit talk this thing a lot, and people are like, "Dude, eating's not a sport or whatever." I'm like, "Dude, I'd love to see anybody else do what he just did." <laughs> I would love, I know, yeah. I would love to see anybody do what he just did. I, I feel like this always applies to shit. Like I'm talking about, like when people make fun of people, like chess, like F1, you know, like competitive gaming. I'm like, dude, I love to see you do 
what he just did against all those other people who are also trying to do the same thing. Yeah, I don't know if you can call eating a sport, but what I do know is that whatever Joey Chestnut did yesterday was impressive as fuck. That's what I'm saying, dude. Like, whatever you want to say, dude, like, I would love to see someone try to do what he just did, because I don't think you'd be able to do it. No, no, no. He's got that dog in him, dude. I mean, Joey Chestnut, he's won how many times in a row? Something insane? I mean... Like, eight in a row? I think yeah, yesterday was his, was his best performance, but, you know, he he got it's, the job it's, done. it's up there. He broke the record, like, two years ago, his personal best, which is, like, 67 hot dogs. Dude, it was funny. The guy said he was uh, averaging, during that world record, I think 12 hot dogs per minute. Damn. Dude, just think about eating one fucking hot dog, dude. How long it fucking takes you, dude. This guy was down in 12 a minute. Damn. That's fucking crazy. What a what a dog, dude! What a dog, Joey Chestnut. I mean, I'm glad. I'm you know like just unreal. You know, most American shit I'd ever seen. They called it off due to rain. Fuck no, nah, man. If that's not the part of the U.S., then I don't know what is. For real, I mean, he the only thing that could be more American if he had like a gun in his hand. He was just you know like <laughs> maybe he was drunk at the same time. You know, like I don't know. Jeez. Joey Chestnut's a dog. That just and, sounds like uh, a bad combo, dude. Huh? That just sounds like a bad combo waiting to happen. No, I don't know. That just sounds like a Saturday night for me. Um, <laughs> you know, nonetheless, man, I, I don't got anything else. You got anything else to shout out before we go ahead and close out of here, man? Uh, you know, you know, shout out to the people always watching us, man. Always love and appreciate you guys every week coming out, showing us love, especially to all new viewers and listeners out there, whatever platform you may be on. Please like and subscribe and comment on this video if you are watching on video on YouTube. Rate us five stars on Spotify. Rate us on iTunes. And give us a follow every single Friday. New episode each week. Consistent content. Consistent clips on the talk, on the TikTok. Close it out, Josh. Yeah. And I hope you guys enjoyed the show uh, all, as well. I'm at Josh Shimon on Twitter. He's at Angel Ortega underscore everyone. At Courtside Sound for all things on Twitter. Quick reminder, because Twitter has been destroyed over the last uh, month. Um, we are on other places outside of Twitter. That's just always been my own personal, um, social media that I use the most. So if you guys have ever wanted to find me, that's probably where you can do it. Um, however, with so much uncertainty of Twitter, we do have accounts, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, we're everywhere you can, where, everywhere you can think of, you can probably find us. Um, also threads, which is apparently going to be Twitter's competitor i guess made by instagram um oh, we, we're gonna be there which launches later this week i didn't so, know that josh but thank you for telling me while we were live on air exactly yes instagram is launching their own competitor to twitter it comes out tomorrow so yeah that's that's where i'll, I'll probably be moving forward um i'll keep my twitter account for probably a couple months until it eventually shits to bed but uh I mean, this, this it's been it's been destroyed lately, but yeah. <laughs> um, as far as the show goes, I hope you guys enjoyed uh, and um, have a have a fun time. You see, two ninety this Saturday, guys. Go out, have a nice week. It's International Fight Week. I hope you guys enjoy the show. Peace and butt grease. Mouse click.